RPG for You and Me presents Neon Heat, an actual play duet podcast using the Savage World system in our custom cyber fantasy setting. It's been a labor of love creating it for the past several years, and we are so excited to finally be able to share it. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Previously on Neon Heat. Athena re-enters Caldonix, her subterranean home city, and is immediately taken in for questioning. She meets Regulator 2 Casato, who handles her intake. They go together to Central, the Spire, for Athena to get a physical so she can return back to active duty. She's seen to by Dr. Naveen Roja, who knows Pavi and is insistent that Athena go see her. However, Athena now suspects Roja knows more about the truth of her absence than she's comfortable with. Dr. Naveen Rosha has just... Not a real doctor. (laughs) Better than a real doctor. Better than a real doctor. Has just dropped a cryptic jab at you after you had insinuated she didn't treat her employee very well. Not feeling good about what she dropped on me. Not one bit. What's her face like? She's actually turned away. So she, she she says that to you and then turns back to her table and is rifling through things with perhaps... Frustrated ferocity? Mm. Athena is worried. I think as you're waffling, you hear a voice at the top of the stairs, and Tuka's head pokes through the door, and she says, You alive down there? Yeah, for now. I'm on my way. Alright, yeah, let's get going. Okay, Athena goes up the stairs to the entrance and holds her breath on the way out. Mm-hmm. She's remembered. Yeah, as you're walking up, I think there's one more shot as Rosha sort of turns back and watches you climb the stairs and says, yes, don't get lost on your way home. I wouldn't dream of it. You get out in the hallway and Tuka is at the far end of the hallway and pushes herself off the wall as you approach and she says, well, I'm glad you survived. So I, I kind of get where you're coming from about the doctor. Yeah, um, she good at what she does. I mean, she all right. She just sort of hopping on things, you know? Yeah, a little bit. She, uh, she chew you with something? Yeah. She give you some nasty goo? Yeah. <laughs> she really likes calling it nasty goo. Does she, like, make eye contact with you when she puts in a little glass for you? Yes. It's really, it's super off-putting. Ah, well, that's kind of her way of being like, you're going to act stupid, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. It's a weird flex. Well, yeah, but, I mean, kind of weird. I don't want to come back. <laughs> yeah. 
don't know if it's affected my ability to do my job in the field or nothing, but, you know, she's a bit of a strange one, but she ain't bad. We just, she likes to give me a hard time, so. Why is that? Is it, how many limbs did you have to regen? Um, what happened? Well, uh, we should probably get going. Probably. We can talk on the way. Uh, are we walking, like, up back upstairs at this point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you guys are in the hall We're and you're heading back way. upstairs. Cool. As you get, like, to the main area, she's saying, well, you know, things get hot out there. It's just, I do better by sticking to the shadows and not being seen. So I can't really afford the same level of protection as some of the others do. And because I sort of get into the thick of it, I don't you know, things happen. So, yeah. but I'm, you know, I'm going to grow back. Ain't no big deal. It might take a couple of days, but I don't know. She likes to give me the business on that. So. <laughs> I just, I didn't want to hear the preaching. But I can understand she, that. She good. I trust her, you know. And you emerge back into the main area, and Rebexy is still over behind the desk, and she'll lead you briefly over there, and she'll say, uh, Rebexy, Inquisitor Novine is going to uh, submit her report to you, if you hadn't done so already, and I got a couple more things to add to mine, but uh, did you get a time for Adina to come in tomorrow? And uh, Rebexy, who's still typing, she looks up. Yes, well, it's going to be a um, little bit later in the afternoon. You know, last-minute appointments and all that. But uh, this seems like a higher uh, priority. So I'm going to put a rush on it. And hopefully that will um, get things through. So if you want to come back here, uh, maybe 5 o'clock tomorrow. That okay. sounds... Can you be here then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know who it will be with, but we'll get you squared away. Okay. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I guess we'll see you tomorrow. Maybe. And she turns back to what she's doing. And uh, Tuka turns back and shrugs a little bit and she says, Oh, well, um, I guess that's all the official business, but um, I gotta I gotta actually take you back to wherever you're going. Oh, okay. She says, I know you're not like in custody or nothing like that, but um that's just sort of part of the deal. A regulator escort for me? I know, it's very oh. flattering. <laughs> yeah, well, don't let it go to your head. Never. Yeah. Um. So, where where are we going? Uh, my apartment. Yeah, you got, well, I mean, I know you just got back, but you got a place to go already, or? No, um, Sekapavi's my roommate. I don't know, I mean, I can't think she would have moved. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where she lived, but I, yeah, I mean, I'll take you wherever you want to go. Yeah, That's fine. yeah. I, I, I just want to go back. Okay. Yeah. It's been been a very long couple of days, and I think uh, I can I can really only imagine. But you made it. You here. You alive? Yes to all. So you leave the regulator HQ. Do you tell her like generally where you guys live? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you over on the eastern side. All right. Um. Well. I mean, we could take a train or we could walk. I'm fine either way. Well, we're going to have to walk at least part of the way. So let's let's get on the train and we can head over and one step at a time, yeah? Yeah. So she'll lead you back to the, the main hub and you'll go to a different section than the main... Like, you'll go into the main section where the new arrivals are, but you can easily go into one of the other sections where trains come and ferry to the rest of the city. There are a couple of lines. The rail line that winds through the city is usually referred to as the highway by Caldonix's residents due to its raised platforms and pathing throughout the city. 
and you only wait a short minute or two before the next train glides up to a smooth stop. The trams that move throughout the city are very similar to the train that leads to the surface, but they're less robust. Mm. Durable metal, sleek frames, batteries of quarry crystals on their underside. What do they sound like when they go by? Um, I imagine that's kind of a constant background sound here. Yeah, I think it's it's similar to the womp 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 of the quarry cycles, but mm-hmm. maybe just more of like a constant crackling. Mm. Like there's there's just a hum as it passes. But yeah, there's um, there's more energy at play in operating uh, these trams than there is in the cycle. It doesn't fluctuate as much. It's more constant because it's held up by these tethers of energy between mm. the crystals and the rail line itself. You get on the line that is heading um, eastbound, and you don't have to wait for too long. The, the trains are efficient and quick, and it's maybe a five or ten minute wait, and a train shows up to get you guys on it. So yeah, you guys get on the train, it's your standard tram car up on the raised walkways that shoot through the city. Tuca walks ahead of you and flops heavily into one of the seats and spreads out with a sigh of comfort. She seems very at home. Is there room to be spreading out at this time oh, yeah. of day? It's, it, it's still very early. There are several other passengers seated around you. There's mm-hmm. a human man and woman lean together in conversation. There's an old Yara man with wispy gray hair reading the paper. And an older Karnak woman with patchy scales escorting a young hatchling with large bright eyes. Oh. So there, there are people here, but it's not crowded. Gotcha. Well, since it's not crowded, I would also like to take up maybe one or two more seats than is necessary. Nice. Maybe you guys sit across from each other. Yeah. But yeah, her arms are her arms are stretched along the seat tops, and she crosses one clawed foot over her other leg, lounging with a smile. But she definitely is taking up like three seats by herself. I think. Well, the tail alone. It's <laughs> fair point. And as the door shuts with a rasp and a squeak, there is a lurch of motion, and the train begins moving. And uh, there's the hum of quarry energy as uh, it stays on the tracks and moves. You can look out the window and watch the cityscape pass by in the fine mists with the the neon glow diffusing into the mists themselves. And you get a nice panoramic shot as you go further away from the spire and you get to see more of the city itself. And there are not as tall buildings out here. It's mostly residential. And uh, the door connecting the tram cars slides open, and a conductor in a snappy blue suit with silvery trim walks through and begins checking the tickets and passes of the other travelers. I don't have one. Mm -hmm. And when he reaches you, uh, he sort of looks at you expectantly, and what do you do? Athena smiles. (laughs) 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 Tuco kind of waves his attention and taps her badge with a clawed finger and there's a little tink tink and uh, nods to the man with a smile and says oh she would me the man <laughs> looks between you and smiles back and continues walking to the next car thanks Tuka. oh yeah well i mean you you got your official escort so you know oh that's that's true sort of part of the deal she uh looks around a little bit enjoying the the quiet and then looks back to you and says uh so um Seems like she's fishing for conversation, maybe. <laughs> says, uh, it, uh, feel good to be back? I think so. It's been kind of a stressful couple hours. Yeah, I guess it's... Because yeah. I kind of thought I was being arrested. <laughs> yeah, well, I can see how. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But, and I mean, she... they're doing their job. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
yeah, um, well, they're, they're pretty good ones. I mean, they follow orders and do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she sort of awkwardly looks out the window again. Is this like that awkward new friend chatter? Oh, where you're, you're still trying, you're fishing around for interests and yeah, stuff? Yeah, <laughs> she, she wants to talk to you, but she doesn't know what to talk about because... I don't, so for her, this is like, she knows who you are. Yeah. And she also realizes that you've been gone for seven years, presumably as a slave. So she's like, what the fuck do I do? Um, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> yeah. And I think another moment or two passes in silence. And then she turns back and she says, uh, you want to walk more? Or you want to transfer closer? I mean, I'm always fine to walk. Haven't been doing a lot of it, so I'm happy to stretch my legs. Well, it's up to you. I just figure I ask, you know. Well, you know, it'll take a little bit longer, but I mean, if you're free, I'm, I don't. I'm mind. on duty right now. I know it isn't like an especially long ride on the highway, but I feel like if there's just like a minute or two of quiet, nothing to be looking out the window, just thinking about what she has to do coming up, and I don't know. You know, Tuka, I didn't. I did never genuinely think I'd be back. So this is kind of... This is weirdly hard. I really... I don't... I don't know what to say, you know? I've never been through anything quite like that before. I can only imagine what it's like to be away from your home and not know if you're ever going to make it back, see your friends, see your family. I haven't seen anybody yet, really. Just you. And the doctor. Yeah. And uh, Rebexy. And Rebexy. Um, well, hopefully you can go and see him when they awake. I mean, it's... I don't want to wake him up in the middle she, of the yeah, night. Yeah, she looks at a watch and it's... I think it's probably about 5.30, 6 a.m. So it's, like, light at different times of the day is not the same in Caldonics as it is on the surface. So the time of day, it's not about does it look light or does it look dark? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the time it's darker in the afternoon yeah. because like the crystals are drained of energy and a lot of the stuff gets lower. So right now it's mostly it's the heat. Like you can tell it's hot and mm -hmm. it's starting to get to mid morning. I think she takes her t-shirt and kind of mm -hmm. fans it back and forth by her neck, getting some airflow through. It is not muggy like this up top. No, it, it it's all, so ice, isn't it? Uh, it's a lot of ice, is what I hear. It wasn't icy where I was. Oh. I was on the belt. And she shivers again. She said, I don't like the cold. I mean, well, duh, but you know. Uh, I don't like the cold either. Oh, good. Well, at least we don't gotta worry about that down here. Well, in the tunnels, but, you know, gets colder in the tunnels. I didn't spend a lot of time in the tunnels, but it was a bit chillier there. Well, you ain't missing a lot. I mean... It's a good place to go if you, you know, want to hunt. Just, you can get lost exploring pretty easy if you don't know what you're doing, but I spent a lot of time in tunnels growing up. Yeah? Yeah. I grew up on the waterfront. My dad was, uh, he, well, my dad immigrated from the surface. Oh. So I grew up here, but he wasn't from here. But, um. Where was he from? Um, Olera, I think. <laughs> brandishes her the logo on her t-shirt I, I was just there yeah i wasn't gonna say anything but you know your good fashion choices thank you but yeah my dad um he was from the surface but you know we moved down here and he worked with uh the cassians in the tunnels 
He was a hunter. He was, he was good. So I grew up in there too, and uh, yeah. yeah. And she sort of cuts it off abruptly, and Athena doesn't say anything. And you're on there for another couple minutes. More of the city flicks by in the night. You guys reach a stop, one of the other main hubs. As the tram glides to a stop, it drifts down several feet to become level with the exit platform, and the doors slide open with a ping. Tuka shoves herself up out of her seat and uh, walks out onto the landing. Athena follows. And uh, you're about two stories above street level at this point, and she starts to lead you... She starts navigating her way towards the stairs through a small cluster of people that are waiting to get on. And as you're walking towards the stairs, there's a small flutter, a cluster of Siku moths that fly by overhead, moving in erratic jumbles. Oh, goddamn. And uh, as you walk down the metal stairs, you can hear the canter of hooves passing beneath you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there's a cart stacked with boxes, and it's attached to a large domba ram rushing under the stairs, and uh, the domba grow coats of metal wool that is harvested and used throughout the city. But this domba's coat is trimmed short, it's being used for labor, and uh, a couple of pedestrians scurry to get out of the way as it rushes past, trading insults and gestures with the driver mm. in equal measure. As you do. Mm -hmm. Cars and larger vehicles are rare in the streets. There just isn't a lot of room for bulky machinery or, you know, resources to power them for the most part. Quarry mm -hmm. cycles, hoverboards, the domba carts, and the highway are primary methods of getting around. You can always walk and admire the glittering shards of crushed crystals that line every street. Do you like those? Mm -hmm. And they're here as well. It's not as... Like, there are less crystals here. It's not as glittery as it was right outside, mm. you know, central. Right. But they're still here. And Tuka gets to the bottom of the stairs and glances back as she waits for you. Well, lean on. Oh, yeah, she, you don't know where we're going, huh? Nope. <laughs> okay, she we're waves going. a hand. We're, we're going north. <laughs> All right. Oh, man, have you ever pet a Domba? I always think they're going to be soft, but then they never are. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, what kind of Domba. Some of them got, you know, the bit of wool. It's more metally, I guess. Is that a word? Metally? I don't see why it can't be. Sure. So some of them grow the bit of wool, and they are harder. I mean, you got the softer ones, but it's still bristly. I mean, yeah, it's still bristly. You gotta shave all that off. You just pet them, and it's just skin, you know? And you guys are walking through the streets, and I think Tuka just tries to strike up conversation with you every so often. Yeah. Um, I, I, Athena definitely, she's participating, because... She's enjoying this. Sure. Um, she's she's back yeah. and isn't doesn't seem to be in any under duress at the moment. So yeah. that's pretty good. <laughs> that is good. If there's a lull, she'll be like, you know that thing you did in the room where it was all dark and then you came out. That was pretty spooky, and I liked it a lot. <laughs> it was oh. very cool. You say that, and her scale pattern ripples a little bit. Gets kind of like a lighter sheen to it. Oh well. Thank you. I'm. It's kind of. It's one of my things. I, I'm good at that. You know. It's real good for spooky folk. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit spooked. Hey, just bring them in for interrogation. You're already <laughs> standing in there. Some of them know. It's not. Most of them don't. Especially if they hop up on scuffle dust or something. <laughs> right. No, they just tweaking out and you <laughs> pop in behind them. 
Oh, oh God, but they lose their minds. Yeah, sometimes. One of them tried to take a swing at me. <laughs> How'd that go? Oh, he was chained up. He couldn't reach. What a dumbass. Still good there. Oh, man. That's great. So, you walk through the streets with Tuca, and the foot traffic is lighter this early in the morning, just like it was in the train. And although this is primarily a market and entertainment district, almost everything is closed. And there are large tree-like mushrooms sprouting on every corner, spreading low ambient light with their blue, purple, and green bioluminescence. Easier and more soothing on the eyes than the incandescence of street lamps on the surface. Probably not as easy to wrench up with shape metal, but... Probably not. <laughs> being on the streets gives you a better reminder of the scale of the city. It actually feels a lot like a city on the surface at night, except it's more stifling because mm. the heat. Breezes don't pass between the buildings as easily here in the deeps. And every building you pass is at least a few stories high, and the streets that run beneath them are often too narrow and crowded. And at this time of day, you can't see the tops of most of the buildings in the clouds of mist that drift overhead. And Tuca... So you're wandering by, there's a poster on one of the buildings. Mm -hmm. It's the same pamphlet that you stuffed in your back pocket earlier. And she says, I got Shazad on the surface. Oh, God, I wish. Maybe there's something good would have been on the fucking news. What do they do up there for fun? Nothing, apparently. Oh. What's it like up there compared down here? The sun's weird. I heard about what are you? It's just a big... It's a big old light. Uh, so. I mean, I've been to school. Like, I know, I know it's like. No, but like, okay. So like, there's stars, right? And it's like those crystals up there, but like more of them, and they're brighter sometimes, more than others. So that's confusing. I didn't really get a handle on that. Just looking at them from my cell window, well, but well, that that just sort of sound like crystal, you know? Yeah. Because they brighter depending on the time of day. But you know? like, they're just there's nothing up there. And it's it's kind of scary but then during the day the sun's like just one big old star and it comes out and everything is like so much brighter than down here it's like my eyes hurt for weeks he's like the lighthouse hmm the lighthouse you know big old crystal brighter Ooh. it's it's really bright oh i think i'm fine right here me too. I think I'm good. I'm not very interested in going back up at any point. Well, maybe at some point, but not for a long time. Yeah, what do you do? Go up there. What would you want to see? What are you going back for? Oh, I heard there was some good food. Well. Between you and me, I'm a little bit of a stress eater. Oh, well, I like a good food too. One of them pleasures. You know? <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, we work hard. We play hard. We eat. A lot. Yeah, let's guess. Are you hungry? <laughs> I'm so hungry. All right. And, uh, as you move forward looking for delicious food, uh, there's a vacant podium standing at the intersection of several streets. It's like on one of these corners. And there's a raised dais with a stand where the heralds come to announce breaking news throughout the city during busier hours. And across the street, on the opposite corner from the dais, is a small gathering area. And there is a large monitor that's raised up about 10 or so feet in the air and anchored into the ground with a large metal pole. And there's a Yara man and Nakir woman who are standing watching a news feed that looks identical to what was playing in the spire. Still and crackly. Still crackly. Nothing to be done. 
and the Yarman hoists himself up on his spider-like legs and jams the volume button louder as you're walking by. <laughs> Do I hear anything? You hear static. The low drone of a newscaster voice. It sounds like he's talking about temperatures running throughout the city. Hmm. Pretty boring shit. I don't know why they always talk about the temperatures. They're the same every day. <laughs> well, you know. You know those screens mostly for the toppers anyway, so... That's true. They, they like to think there's something going on or something changing, but the real news is in the paper. Mm-hmm. Not that frivolously put up on a screen for people to swallow, you know. That's really all I heard the past couple years. Hmm. I, like, didn't see it that much, but, like, noise drifts around, you know. Sure. Well, you got time to catch up on events now, I suppose. I'd like to. Seems well, like there are more people. Yeah, I mean, more traffic down here than ever. More problems, usually. Hmm. But it's odd, you know, some of the resources, we need them. We can't get them down here. We've got to trade for them. I mean, even if it's not a good return for us, it's either that or we send more folk up, up topside. No, we don't want to do that. No, it don't seem like a good idea. We spread ourselves too thin, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know much about economics. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> <laughs> Walks in silence for a little bit longer. Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah. Is there any is there any street meat about? At this time, there there are some, I would think. Yeah, there's maybe a street meat place on the way. I'm sure you could find one. I think she she goes to stop and then realizes in her bag she only has surface money. Oh gotcha. Yeah. I think in that moment of her trying to buy it and realizing that she doesn't have money, um, Tuca definitely steps in and is like, don't, I got it, don't worry about it. Are you sure? Yeah, of course I'm sure. Do you want this? It doesn't do much for you. And she puts up her clawed hand and sort of pushes it away. She's like, no, you keep that. I mean, literally, the least I can do is get you something to eat. I mean, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, of course. What do you what do you want? What are you buying? What do they got? Yeah, so you're at the vendor. It's a short Nakir woman. She has the slits in her cheeks, as all Nakir do, with the snake-like eyes full of color. And the uh, you look at the stand and the different listings. There is Domba flank, and it tastes like lamb. I mean, it's it's very rich and meaty. They they do have uh, some selection of barsk, mm. which again is the snail-like, I don't know, not arthropod. What would you call that? Fuck, I don't know what it's kind like of... like a snail or a slug, but yeah. they're infused with cori energy, so their they're mucus is sort of different flavors. Some of them even have those crystals growing off Some of their of backs. Some do have crystals growing on their backs. There's squump meat. The squumps are these weird inflatable <laughs> lizards that fill up with air to rise to the surface. They're, yeah, they're weird. And they have various types of fish. One of them is colloquially known as the flash fish hmm. because it emits a bright light as a defense mechanism. Do they, is, do they have like a domba hoagie or something? Like a like a cheesesteak sort of thing? Yeah, I think you can find one of those. I would love one of those. A domba hoagie. A domba hoagie. Mm, delicious. Yeah, she'll, she'll get you guys a domba hoagie, each of you. Nice. Is it delicious? It's savory and it's greasy and it, oh it drips God. out of the wrapping onto your hand and... Oh, it tastes like home. Tuca, I'm a mess. Look at me. I don't even care. This is, thank you. This is delicious. And Tuca is 
Tuka holds hers and does like a giant chomp and just bites like a third of it off and is chewing and she nods and she's like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she swallows. Oh yeah, they got um they got great food over in this district. You guys got a good place to live. Yeah, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. I'll have to do a food tour when my salary kicks back in, I guess. I guess technically I don't have money right now because my bank account probably closed since I was gone. Um, well, I'm sure you could look into that. I mean, nobody emptied it. I don't know to disappear, but... Well, I'm sure you can get all that figured out in the next couple of days, something yeah. like that. And she'll, uh, she'll walk with you. And you guys are crossing over a small bridge, mm-hmm. leading over one of the canals that runs through the city. And you can see your apartment from here. Oh, cool. She takes a bite and, not slap, like lightly taps Tuka's arm and is like, mm-hmm. hey, that's me. Oh yeah, which one? It's that third one back there, down the street. As you point out your building to Tuka, I would like you to make me a notice, please. Five. Um, the, it is the balcony, and it is your apartment. There are a lot of plants. Huh. Lots of plants on the balcony. There weren't plants before. There were not. Hmm. I think she squints. She's like, the one with the balcony. Are those plants? I don't have an excessively green thumb. I, I got... Well, she smiles and <laughs> then holds your thumb up and it shimmers for a second and it's green. Nice. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's very, very highbrow still, you know. <laughs> uh, roll me a notice. Uh, one and three, so I'm gonna Benny that. This is a minus two. Oh, it's at a minus two? Yep. Nine minus two is seven. There's... Benny well spent. Yeah. Um, when you guys are talking, you're eating, and you're almost done with your delicious Domba hoagies. I, can I just, like... Like in Spider-Verse, push the rest of the burger into my mouth with fingers, just like sucking the juice off of them. Like hmm? The hoagie? No, like my fingers are in my mouth, pushing the hoagie in. Like he was pushing the burger. Yes, you can do that. And And I think uh, Tuka laughs. I mean, she's having a fun time with you. And you do that. And I think as you finish pushing it into your mouth and enjoying the deliciousness, there is a moment of just deep, cold dread. Like you just... The, the life is sucked out of the moment for you. And what does your danger sense feel like? How does this feel for Athena when it goes off? Like, what's... I figure it's different for each person, maybe? I think for her, it feels like... Like a water balloon hits the top of her head. Ooh. Cascades like down. trickles yeah. down. So it's not like a, like a hot warning alarm. It's like... It is a cold dread. Cold dread, okay. You get this moment of cold dread and you can tell that something is very wrong and something is coming very fast. Can I tell what direction? Behind you. I grab Tuka's arm and pull her to the side and something's coming, we gotta go. Yeah, and you do that and she doesn't resist you. She's kind of pulled in surprise and goes, oh. right after you do that, you, in the distance, you can hear that familiar whoop, 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 whoop. Oh, of Corey. Of Corey, yeah, you can hear it. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. You do that, and uh, you swivel Tuka off to the side, and she's looking back kind of where you were looking, and it's it's a street that leads directly over the bridge, and the houses on either side, or the buildings in general, are lower on this side. So as you're looking back in that direction, you can see up 
around the top of the average building level, Mm -hmm. there are four Cory cycles just whomp, whomp, whomping, and they're rapidly approaching you. Oh, shit. As you do that, Tuka sees that her hair tendrils just completely flatten, and you see her eyes go wide. Oh, not now. What do you do? I would like to turn my one gauntlet into a shield, my one gauntlet into a sword. Okay. That's Um, what I do. So you guys are still on the bridge right now? Yep. As you do this, Tuka is, I won't say frozen in place, but when you react and you get your sword and your shield out, she doesn't, like, cower behind you, but she hunches down with one arm on you, and she says, we gotta move. Yep. And uh, you begin to run off the bridge, like, to move as these flying hover cycles approach. As you're moving, you can look up and see that each of these cycles has two people on them. Mm-hmm. One of them's driving. and So one eight of, people? So there are eight people. Jesus. One of them's a driver driving the cycle, and the other ones have machine guns. Cool. Like, balli- like ballistic, ballistic guns? Ballistic guns. Fuck. And they're aimed down at both of you as they're flying by. Oh, shit. Um, Fun campaign. Yeah, I'm really looking yeah. forward to the next one. And the, as as they're coming up, they slow. Like they're not. It's not just a drive by. It's like they're slowing down to take their time and shoot at you guys. They're high enough that they're out of normal reach. I'd say they're maybe one story up at this point. Mm-hmm. Can't reach them with a regular attack, but they're still sort of within range. And we're gonna draw initiative. Oh Jesus, that's so many people. Yep. Oh no. So just to reiterate. All, all these guys are masked and in at least basic armor. It doesn't appear to be any type of armor you recognize as being affiliated with a faction or a sect or anything like that. Just a couple of guys in armor with these Cory hover cycles and machine guns. So I'm going to deal you first. Two of spades. Tuka gets a seven of spades and those guys get a king of hearts. Oh god. Alright, so these guys are going first. And there's going to be four of them. And they are all shooting at you. Okie doke. Alright, so... Two and a two. And Tuka is on the other side of you, so even if they're shooting at her, I'm just going to count, like, using your cover for all of this. Cool. Bad so far. For me or for them? For them. So six, seven. Uh, And yours is a minus two. All four of them are shooting at you, and the air goes from being quiet with the wump, wump, wump as they pull up and just erupts with the sound of automatic gunfire. It's just, it is loud. It's a cacophony. You guys are moving. Bullets are pinging all around you, glancing off the metal and stone of the buildings. There are a series of impacts on your shield that you've put up. Like, it's it's almost numbing your arm how many things are hitting the shield. So one of them shakes Tuka. And I'm going to roll to see which one of you this one hits. Even Athena, odd Tuka. Even Athena. So the, this one's going to hit you. Okay. With no raise. Uh, oof, oh, eight. God. So it deals 11 damage. I don't think you're wearing armor right I'm now. I'm not. My toughness is a four right now. Okay. Would you like to try to soak anything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, give me the other one. Okay. Yeah. So it's a le- so right now it's a hit with one raise, which means you're gonna take one wound. Seven. Seven will will soak it. Oh. So uh, you're not even shaken at this. What what do you think it would be? What does that mean to you? 
one of them technically hit you and you soaked it so however you want to flavor it if it if it actually hit you and you just grit through it or i think it's it... a grit through it kind of thing okay. like maybe it hit just slightly not a more vital area than she expected it to gotcha i think the last one pings off the rim of the shield and grazes your shoulder mm. and it tears some of the skin off and you can feel like the heat of the bullet but thankfully it doesn't go through and cause any significant damage i just got this shirt and uh next up is tuka you gonna roll to unshake yeah i gotta do that six yes ten so she unshakes the bullets are raining down on you tuka tenses behind you and i think there's a moment where there are so many bullets coming at you guys that you just sort of hunker down and hide behind the shield because there's nowhere else to go um you've reached the end of the bridge and there are buildings around you and they're sort of hovering between two buildings somewhat over the bridge you hear tuka behind you sort of snarl goddamn not as she takes her hand off your shoulder and begins to scale the building right behind you. Like, she's just taking strides, just going straight up. Her claws are digging in just a little bit, but you, it's more just putting hands on there. So she's spider-climbing up the building, and she's moving pretty rapidly, faster than somebody would normally be able to do. She's able to make it up high enough that she's about level with the guys who are shooting at you, and she pulls the device off of her belt... The curvy one? The curvy one. She mm. pulls that off and clicks it open. The hilt springs out, telescoping open into more of a staff type thing. And the crescent end, there's a flicker of light and then it erupts into this like blue plasma, mm. similar to what Strickland had when he when you were fighting him. Cool. So it's this unstable plasma that's coming out of this crescent. And she gets up and she pulls that out with one hand and then leaps off of the building in like a flying swing and is trying to just take out one of the motorcycles that is in the air. Godspeed, Tuka. So she's trying. So um, out of character, she's berserking right now because oh. she was shaken in the first round. So when you're berserking, you you can choose to make a smarts roll to not go berserk or you can just voluntarily do it. So right now she did it voluntarily because she's pretty furious. So right now she is doing a flying wild attack. Cool. Uh, we're gonna see how this goes, and her strength is bumped up to a d8. Oh shit! See that? Mm. See that eight blown up? I didn't, but I trust you. See that you. eight blown up? See that eight blown up? Are you shitting me? She got a 28 on that first one. Damn, Tuka! And her second one is a five. You watch her scale the building and leap off, and she just does this like snarling battle cry, kind of like like a yeah. Nice. And she leaps off and swings this quarry glaive and cleaves through one of the motorcycles. Just cuts it straight in half. Amazing. Um, She's perfect. <laughs> I love her. So she cuts one of them out of the air. And I'm just going to roll some falling damage for these guys. They both fall to the ground, but we're not going to fully resolve that because they're falling in the air. Right. Uh, and based on how she jumped, she can. she's also going to fall. So yeah, it's your turn now. There are three motorcycles, uh, three drivers, and three guys with guns still up there. Yep. I want to activate Shape Metal. Cool, cool. And I want to try and rip two of the motorcycles into each other. That's what I want to do. That's cool. Then uh, roll your essence die. Is that a seven or a one? No, it's a one. Oh, no. And a three. Maybe... 
Maybe her danger sense is still like got her adrenaline up a little too much and she tries to activate her shape metal ability, but it just fizzles as energy in her hands before she can even do anything with it and just continues to go across the bridge. Okay. All right, so you get a 10, or I'm sorry, you get a king, so you're going to go first. Thank God for that. And Tuka got the queen, and the other guys are on a 10. Okay. It's going to be you, Tuka. So we got king of diamonds, queen of hearts, 10 of diamonds. Okay, well, for my turn, I'm just going to try to do that again. Okay. So how, how far did I make it? Am I under cover of buildings yet, or...? The, the road going over the building is straight, mm-hmm. so it would still be going straight. Are you trying to, like, get into an alley or something? No, I do want to stay in full view of them, but maybe duck behind a bit of a... Like a corner or something like that? Yeah. yeah you can do that. That's okay, um, and I want to try and activate Shape Metal again and hope it works this time. Okay. It doesn't. Can I Benny that? Of course. Sick. Six is a success. Thank no God for that Benny, though. Okay. You can affect metal with a strength of D10. D10. So what are, you, what are you trying to do? You're trying to smash them together? I want to smash two of them together. Okay. And hopefully may knock a guy off so, or something. So you can, you're going to roll your strength opposed to this guy's maneuvering. Okay. So his ability to pilot versus your strength to move it however you want to. Nine. Oh boy. Okay. One. Oh. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, so that's a success with a raise then. So you're smashing two motorcycles together. I'm say for damage, it's going to be strength plus 1d8 for the damage of the motorcycle damaging the other one. 15. I'm just going to have that apply to both of these. They have a toughness of seven. So that's two raises. So that's two wounds on both of these vehicles. Nice. Okay, failed. That guy also failed. Would you like to roll on the vehicle critical hit table? I would. Roll 2d6 two times. And tell me the two separate totals. 10 and 8. Alright, so I got your critical hits. But before we get to that, I'm going to handle the out of control stuff. Okay. Because both of these guys just went out of control because they both just took wounds to their vehicles. (laughs) Alright, so the first one's 7. Distracted. Everyone on the vehicle is distracted. Also a seven. So now let's figure out the critical hits. Ten and eight. So the one that you smashed into the other one, uh, crew, for direct damage, subtract the vehicle's armor and apply to the remainder. Okay. Oh my. Okay. For direct damage, subtract the vehicle's armor, if appropriate. There's no armor. And apply the remainder to a random crew member. So I'm going to determine if this is... It's the driver. Oh, super. So to resolve this whole situation, tell me what it looks like when you yank one of the motorcycles into the other one. She still has her shield up on her on her right arm, and she's doing a tracking thing with her sword, just following the cycles and then doing a slash. The one motorcycle careens diagonally into the other one. Excellent. Knocking fuckers off, maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Her eyes are glowing. Excellent. She's super angry. Excellent. So as you do this, you feel the Cori energy take effect, and even from a distance, you can feel your grasp on uh, the cycle as you wrench it into the other one, and you watch as the guy, in surprise, 
is suddenly forced to veer into one of his allies, and there is a horrible metal crunch as it smashes into the cycle and then forces it into the building next to it. And there's a further crunch as it grinds together. The driver of the second cycle that was hit is just completely turned into paste against oh, the side God. of the building. He is, he is crushed to death. Uh, the cycle spirals out, and the guy on the back is flailing as it starts to plummet towards the ground. The one that you smashed into the other cycle manages to right itself a bit and appears to have taken some severe body damage, but is still... Still both of the riders on there? Both of the riders are still on that one. So there so. are two still up in the air. Yeah, as you've one done crashed. this, as you've done this uh, Tuca was sailing through the air, cutting one in half, and the two parts are just falling down with the riders plummeting through the air as well. And you can't hear them screaming, but these guys, they Is are. it a Wilhelm scream? I think there's at least one. <laughs> so they're falling down. The two other cycles are still in the air. Also, I, I would like to give you a Benny for that really super cool motorcycle thing that you just did. Oh, thank you. I like, I like that a lot. It is now Tuka's turn. What is Tuka going to do? What is Tuka going to do? I don't even know. She's a delight. I think it worked the first time, so she's probably just going to do it again. Isn't she falling? I think she fell her last turn. Oh, okay. Like, part As of the falling gotcha. happened, like, during everyone else's turn, she was falling. Okay, so she has the edge uh, fleet-footed. Okay, so she has the fleet-footed edge, which gives her plus two to her pace, nice. which means she can move where you can move 30 feet or six squares. She can move eight squares or 40 feet. And because she has the wall walker racial ability, she can move at her regular pace when she's moving up and down walls. Awesome. So she can basically move up to 40 feet in one turn along a wall. So she can easily make it high enough to do this again. She a fast girl. And jump, yeah. I think as she's going to climb the wall again, she hits something on the staff and the Cory energy dissipates, but then she's scaling the wall again, and you hear her give another nah! as she jumps off, turns it back she's on, great. and tries to... I think this... Uh, let me let me roll for it to see how well she does. Six, and... So the six hits, and... Uh, same thing. Exactly enough. Hmm. Okay, so she gets 15 on that one. So again, she does the same thing. And I think this time, she, when she leaps off, she's in this extremely reckless, just gets to a point where she is... When she finishes climbing, she stands up. And when she's standing up, she's basically parallel to the ground. Mm -hmm. So she's just standing there with her glaive, perfectly fine at ease, yeah. and leans down and does a leaping spring off of the side of the building, turns the glaive on, and does sort of a circular spin in the air as she brings it back down oh. to cut the cycle in half again. Okay. Was that one of the wounded ones or the Yeah, this the was fresh this one? was this was nice. the wounded one. But yeah, this one um it's already taken two wounds, so she easily cleaves it in half and the guys fall. And I'm going to roll their falling damage. All right, and uh she falls to the ground again and there is still one cycle and it is everybody else's turn. The last guy, he's going to shoot at both of you. He's going to shoot once at you and once at Tuka. Okay. It's not going to hit anybody. And Ooh. then uh, the driver, I think, just abandons and flies away. This is the only cycle that hasn't been damaged yet, but... I respect that. Yeah, I think uh, seeing the carnage that has now happened at such a, a pace, the gunner 
aims down at you and fires off a few rounds and then the driver's like Mm-mm. turns around and sort of elbows the driver to get the fuck going and they speed off with a into the night and there are still four guys around you uh one of them is not moving the other three shakily push themselves to their feet and i'm gonna roll some unshaken so one of the drivers is wobbly the other driver pulls out a pistol and the other two push themselves to their feet and fire at you as they're trying to retreat Mm -hmm. down an alley. So one of them shooting at you, one shooting at Tuka, and the driver is also shooting at Tuka. So this is you. That's an eight to hit. That'll hit. Minus two is six. And this one's Tuka. It's a nine, that's gonna hit her. And the last one's Tuka. That's a four, and that's gonna hit her. All right, let's resolve. So the first one is you, but it's not a raise, so 2d6, 8 damage total. Well, I have a 4 toughness, so... So that'll be one wound. Ugh, okay. So one of the guys levels his assault rifle at you and rattles off a bunch of shots, and a number of them ping off the shield again. I think one of them hits you squarely in the meat of your thigh and just tears through. Ugh. And then uh, the rest of them are shooting at Tuka. The first one, 5. How tall is Tuka? Um, not as tall as Athena. Okay. She's shorter. Gotcha. She's she's probably like five eight maybe. Okay. Five six five eight. She's also like a little hunched. Mm. Like if she tried to stretch herself out, she'd be as tall or taller than you. But that's just not her natural posture. So she's long, but she's not tall. She's a long girl. So the first one is five, and her toughness is higher than that, especially when she's raging. And the second one is a seven. Which is... that's still enough. So yeah, these guys, they level their guns at Tuka and just open fire and it's... Blam, 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 blam. And you watch uh, some of them ping off her armor, some of them catch, and she jerks a few times. One of them does go through her shoulder, but she does not seem to notice. Right. On account of the rage. The only reason she didn't get shaken is because she was raging, so I think she just didn't notice. Eight of diamonds. For you. For me. Tuka had the jack. Okay. All right, uh, so Tuka's turn. I think as she's being shot, you watch and her, the scales on her skin flicker and start to turn a shade of angry red. Ooh. And she moves in to attack them more again while snarling. There's 10 and a five for the other one. So she hits one, but not the other. And then... So uh, she rushes in with her Cory Glaive still lit and does this spiraling spin and it grazes just past one of them like he leans out of the way and the other one, it cuts one of his arms just straight off and he Ooh. drops. Cauterizes it though? Oh yeah, kinda. just, just right, right closed. Jesus. She does this and she kind of leans down into a crouch and just snarls, does like a hissing snarl at them. Ooh. And the other two, they're going to continue trying to shoot her in the face because she's right there, literally right there. Shooting. That's a hit from one, not the other. Yeah, so he puts a couple more bullets into her, but doesn't seem to do anything. And it's your turn, Athena. Oh, boy. So there are two guys left. One of them's one of the drivers. Uh, he has a pistol out now. And the other one, the other driver, is also going to shoot at her. And hits and... So 12. So that's a hit with a wound. And she's going to try to soak. Four. It's enough, though. But it blows up, too. 
Oh, it does. Well, it doesn't matter, but yes. Five. So the two guys fire from the front. The one driver who'd been woozing the last round is sort of shaken out of it and has now pulled out his pistol and is moving to rejoin his friends and aims at her and shoots one at her almost point-blank range as he's passing. And uh, again, slams into her and she hisses back at him. And now it's Athena's turn. Um, I want to load fuck up all their shit with a bunch of lightning. Okay. Is what I want to do. Oh man, blast. So who can I hit with that? Where? How are these people bunched up? So if you're using the blast template, you can position it, you can position it in such a way that you can hit everyone except for Tuka and uh, the one that she had previously uh, attacked and dismembered. Oh, the one she was tussling with? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, that so, seems fair. So mostly those three other guys. There's a bunch of unconscious people too, but it's not going to catch them. Well, let's light them up. <laughs> oh, they both blew up. Twelve. That's a cast of the rays, and that is going to be 3d6 damage. Fifteen. Holy shit. Okay. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's going to be insta-death for all of them. Except for Tuka. Except for Tuka. Yep. Okay. So 15 damage? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what does it look like? I think Since what... we haven't seen this before. Yeah, this is, this is a new one she hasn't pulled out before. I think she stretches her arms outwards to her side and then back to her, like, to her torso very quickly, and her gauntlets suction back onto her wrists in a fluid kind of motion. Nice. And she puts her hands together really tight. And when she wrenches them apart, there's just a ball of purple energy in between them. And she just lobs it over there, straight shot with her left hand in an arc. And it drops right between all those fuckos and lights them up real good. So does the ball itself expand and cause lightning or like, where does the lightning come from? It's the ball. So the ball is lightning. Yeah. I think when it's it's like a lightning grenade. Yes. Okay. That's how I'm flavoring it. Okay. I like that. When it hits the ground, it explodes into a lightning strike. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that blast goes Probably goes up, up a bit, too. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of a lightning strike going up and not not reaching the ceiling or yeah. anything, but just like, oh, okay. So yeah, you do that, and um, it explodes with this crackling lightning electricity, and it the small tethers immediately reach out and attach themselves to all three of the guys uh, that are right there and their backs arch in pain and um again you can't hear them but they'd probably be screaming underneath their helmets and they kind of twitch as the lightning is going and i feel like it is it just a blast or does it linger or i think some static remnants linger like playing across the metal that's on them and on the ground Mm -hmm. as it disperses yeah, so it, I think the blast hits and goes out, and they're all severely electrocuted, and then there's a moment where it stops, and they waver and wobble, and then just collapse, just straight up ragdoll, and they're smoldering. And uh, I think one of them, his armor maybe, is still a little on fire where the bolt hit. And when the blast goes off, there is a sound like a thunderbolt. I mean, it's you can hear it for probably at least a mile. Nice. It is a lightning strike. And you do this, and Tuka, who is still crouching in front of all of them, holding her glaive, her eyes widen, and her posture immediately changes, and she, you know, steps 
back instinctually as this is happening, and her eyes are just kind of darting around trying to figure out what it was, and watches these guys being electrocuted, and then when they fall she just looks over to you and her mouth is hanging open a little bit, and her color has uh, shifted back to her natural white-brown scale pattern. Like the bolt shocked her out of this battle frenzy. Nice. And she's just kind of standing there and looks around, notes that one of them has already gotten away, and the rest of them are here, either dead or unconscious. I bet the driver heard the scream on their comm channel, ooh, though. I like that. Yeah, let's, uh, ooh, okay, Benny for that. I think, um, as this lightning bolt goes off, we cut to a front camera on the hover bike that is flying away, and we see the driver staring straight ahead and the gunner who's looking over there, and we hear this screech and their comms just horrible in pain and you can see over the shoulder in the distance the light everywhere darkens except for this column of light oh that's and you so see cool. it in the background and it's like lightning striking from in reverse and then it stops and uh the driver and the gunner just sort of exchange a look with their helmeted faces and then we cut back as the dust settles so to speak uh, you look around there is a pile of charred bodies right where you lobbed your lightning grenade there are several motionless forms just lying on the ground there's one with a missing arm mm -hmm. and i think your eyes track up uh you also note the long gory smear where one of the drivers was smashed on the side of the building i think she grimaces a bit <laughs> yeah some of the stone just kind of slides off the building as you're watching uh and a number of wrecked vehicles. <laughs> I think, despite her leg wound, she's gonna start limping to the nearest non-charred corpse and giving it a kick to make sure they're actually down. Um, okay. Roll me a d4. Just a d4. Four. Four, okay. Um, you kick him and there is no motion. Okay, next one. All the charred ones are not moving. Mm -hmm. Uh, the one is paced. Ugh. The one that appears to be mostly whole is not moving and not responsive when you kick him, and then there's the one with a single arm. And I think uh, as you start to move through and check the bodies, Tuka joins you, and but she rushes over and she says, Oh, you alright? No. Oh, damn, you got shot. Yeah, a little bit. It's fine. Oh. Got work to do. Mm. No, sorry I got you shot. It's okay. It happens. We're it... regulators. Yeah. It's not the first time I've been shot. Even recently. Mm, gotta get that looked at. I'm sure we have a med kit somewhere at the apartment. <laughs> um, alright, well, hold tight, okay? Yeah, what? Tuga, what, what do they want? I don't know. And she stomps over to the one with one arm and tears off his helmet. Looks like a human man, skin getting paler by the second. And she wrenches him up by the front of his armor and goes, Who are you working for? And smacks him a little bit, backhands him with one hand, and his eyes blink a couple of times and try to focus, and then he passes out. Damn it. And Tuka hisses and... Tuka, what did you call these guys? Oh, uh, they called Nadas, because... They tie up loose ends. Oh. Yeah, ju they're just thugs, you know, mercenaries. 
They just scum usually mm. due to dirty jobs. I think she's still holding him up just by the scruff of his neck. Gotcha. As this is all happening, um, roll me a notice. Okay. Oof. No. It couldn't have been worse. I've crit failed. Excellent. Out of nowhere, there is a form behind you. It's a voice that comes through a helmet, and it says, Regulator, report. Tuca glances behind you and holds one hand out and is holding the other one. Then the voice again says, You, turn around. Me? Yeah, f- yes, you. Uh, she puts up her hands, turns around. <sighs> there is, um, there is another regulator in standard armor, black and yellow, helmet on. Uh, they have a submachine gun hoisted and pointed at you right now. And there's like a cloud of dust around them. And they advance a step or two. And Tuca says, Regulator Sato escorting Athena Sedaris to a residence. We were ambushed by these thugs. And she shakes the one she's holding out and then drops him to the ground in a heap. And as Tuca is saying this, there is a second regulator that swoops down and does a hard landing on the nearby rooftop nice. and kicks up another cloud of dust. And they immediately hoist up a another submachine gun and aim it down at you. There's so many guns being pointed at me today! Um, and as Tuca says this, the regulator in front of you presses a button near their neck and their faceplate slides away. It's a Nakir woman with peachy skin and a short swoop of lavender hair. And she says, oh, it's Tuca, and glances up to the other regulator that just landed and is sort of like waving a hand dismissively. <laughs> she says, it's just Tuca again. Again, Tuca? And uh, the one on the roof, the his posture changes and just sort of eddies and starts looking around the area. Tuca just sort of rolls her neck next to you. Can I put my hands down now? Oh, y- Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's okay. Thanks. I think she dusts off her pants and then forgets she's been shot through her thigh and it hurts very bad. Oh. Yeah, the this uh regulator woman in front of you lowers her firearm and takes a few steps forward and she, her posture is much more informal now. And she's talking to Tuka and she says, "Didn't they stick you at the checkpoint so this wouldn't happen anymore?" <laughs> she oh, just no. laughs a little bit. And she says, "Why aren't you being a good girl?" Looked like they tried to hit you with lightning this time. No, that was me. You? Oh, yeah. Throwing lightning bolts around in my city. A little bit. All right. And Tuka nods back to him. She said, yeah, that was her. Um, This uh, Adina Sedaris, she'd come back in the city. She used to be a regulator. Hope to be soon again. Well, we could use the blood. And she just shrugs. I think as she says that, some blood spurts out of her leg. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got shot. Yeah. That's a real shiner. <laughs> Thanks. I am aware. Yeah. Um, She walks past you guys and is sort of surveying the carnage that is here. Tuka, if tracking ships worked in this city, I'd think you had one in you. And Tuka doesn't say anything to that. She takes a closer look and toes some of the bodies as you'd been doing. And then she turns back around and she says, just because you're permitted to execute on the line of duty doesn't mean you're required to, you know. To be fair, one of them's still here. She snorts a little bit and walks over. <laughs> Barely breathing. Fat lot of good that's gonna do. Meat wagon's gonna be around shortly. At least you cauterized it this time. 
She sort of dusts her hands up and gives Tuka a tired look. It's not like you did it on purpose, though. They just came out of nowhere. And the, the woman just sort of purses her lips with a, a somewhat condescending smile and goes, Mm-hmm. And then looks over to Tuka and claps her on the shoulder. Well, you're not leaving us with this mess. You better get ready to clean up. <laughs> Tuka nods. Yeah, I know. Oh. Tuka turns back to you. Uh, well, he's, <laughs> looks like I gotta file another report. Um, <laughs> paperwork, paperwork. And she looks back. To, the other regulator is sitting on the roof now with his legs dangling off, just sort of kicking them idly, chilling. And Tuka looks over to the other woman. She says, you, you want to be my witness on this? She was with me. She good. She didn't have any part of this. She defended herself. Ex-regulator. Gonna be a regular. We good on that? Like, you ain't got any other questions or nothing? And she just basically shrugs. Like, nope. As long as you help clean up the mess. And Tuka turns back to you and says, well, you, uh, you good from here? Or? Yeah, I don't have to walk necessarily. So, I should be fine. As you're saying this, roll me a notice again. Oh, no. Happens sometimes. Is it a second crit fail? No, it's a two and a three. I think the amount of blood she's losing from her leg is making it harder to notice things, okay. is how I'm flavoring it. I, I like that. You also have a minus one wound penalty on your stuff, too. Yeah, so I'm not seeing much. Yeah. There's a moment where Tuka's talking with you, and then she pauses and... Some of her tendrils and her bristles sort of perk up, and she turns to look back down the street where those guys came from. And a moment later, you hear this prolonged yell in the distance, like a shout, like a scream, like a, like a, not a blood-curdling scream, just like a, ah! just like prolonged and drawn out. What the fuck? <laughs> and, what um, the fuck? As you're watching... It's a straight street for the most part. From around the corner, a form whips out on one of these Cory hoverboards. It's uh -huh. like a floating skateboard type thing. Yeah. Like a surfboard, but on the air. A la Marty McFly in Back to the Future 2, which you still have not seen, I believe. Or... That's true. Yeah. And as it gets closer, it's around a uh, frog-like Karnak. Pro probably an Axion by the look of it. Uh, squatting on the hoverboard and just soaring in your direction. And there's a mount attached to the rear of the board, holding a video camera that's like aimed behind it. And uh, as this Karnak approaches on the board, it takes a deep breath and it fills its vocal sac like the, it's like a bullfrog yeah. thing. It fills that up. I gotcha. And then it breathes out this enormous cloud of wispy smoke that just blankets the area and the bridge in seconds. What? Just happens right away. And as this is happening, Tuka's expression changes, and the other regulator who's standing there, they both just look completely drained of energy, and oh, just like, ugh. And the Karnak, the board, comes to a quick halt, and he jumps off. He's a shorter squat guy. He whips out this exceptionally long, muscled tongue that grabs the video camera off of the mount and hoists it high up in the air above him. And it's aiming back at this golden comet-like form that is streaking around the same corner on a second quarry board. And as this form gets closer, there are bolts of this glowing golden energy just radiating out in this narrow street. And they're like licking and tethering to everything it's passing. And the screen, the shout is getting louder. It's like, ah! Oh my god. What is happening? 
And um, as the figure gets close, this it leaps off of the board, like intending to land on the bridge near you guys. And the board that it's riding just skids and smashes into one of the nearby shop front. Like glass shatters oh. going everywhere. There's just this horrible wrenching noise of metal. And this enormous gilded figure lands on the bridge and rises to stand in like a ready combat posture. And it's like the sun itself has just landed in front of you. They are tall and thickly muscled with like a fawn freckled skin. And they have rippling golden blonde hair that seems to sway in a non-existent wind. And this man has a strong jaw, too much chin, a too wide smile, and just the most incandescent white teeth. Uh, and he's got thick eyebrows that rest above his equally golden and glowing eyes as he sweeps the scene with an inappropriately cheerful smile. And he wears the telltale colors of pacification regulators black with purple trim instead of the yellow that you've been seeing thus far and pinned to his chest for all to see is his purple pacification badge glinting in his own light and who is this asshole <laughs> there's a, a shout from behind him the carnet goes yes we got it beautiful beautiful and uh, the man looks around and Tuka exchanges a glance with the other regulator woman and then sort of side-eyes you. And the man goes, hmm, what seems to be the trouble here? Holy shit. <laughs> Never worry, Bolt Bulig is on the scene. His voice is amplified and it rings out, <laughs> echoing off the closely packed buildings. And all the other regulators just like avert their eyes and the uh, lavender-haired Nakir woman looks absolutely exhausted. Athena has a kind of a Pavi-like posture with her hands on her hips, leaning forward, just squinting. And I think she nods over to Tuka and she's like, that's what the sun's like. <laughs> Benny for that. Yeah, excellent, nailed it. Excellent. Um, and as this guy is standing, he moves from a combat position, like puts his hands on his hips and the smoke is just swirling in the area. It's like this nice foggy mist. Then a cure woman says, Go away, Bolt, this is handled. And uh, the Karnak with the camera springs forward with a couple of short hops. And he's sweeping the camera through a series of dramatic angles with his long tongue. Uh, and he leaps past you guys towards that pile of bodies and sort of moves around, bouncing between a surprising number of different angles in a very short period of time. Uh, like he leaps up onto the wall just to like nice, he, nice, he does nice. his good stuff and he looks back and he says uh, Bolt come lift this one up like you're hitting him and Bolt <laughs> like runs forward and picks up one of the bodies and he's holding it like he's about to punch it and he's like oh yeah that's, that's wonderful that's wonderful <laughs> did I know about this guy before no. I oh my god this is, so this is, a, this this is, is new this is completely new I think she's still kind of squinting with her mouth like slightly open and a grimace just because it's so bright hard mm -hmm. to look at mm -hmm. yeah in the in the brightness um it mostly dissipates after he's landed but he does seem to have like a weird glow about him huh he looks back and he sees you and he says citizen you are safe come stand with me you'll be in all the headlines Oh, I'd rather not. Oh, he, he comes over and he grabs it. He oh. shoves an arm around you and 
puts his face right next to yours and gives a, like his hands are fucking huge, man. Puts like a an Athena <laughs> head sized hand there and gives a thumbs up. The camera swivels right in front of you. I would like to state she is not smiling and looks very stressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. Very photogenic of you. Thanks. It's lucky I was here. Sure is. How would we have gotten along without you, yes, Mr. He, Bolt? Mm. And he claps you on the shoulder and then uh, hustles over and he picks up the two pieces of one of the cut in half Cory cycles and is just holding them above. Like, he, he just lifts them up. Nice. Like one in each hand and he's wow. holding them, like, above his head. Sort of in, like, I'm, a, I'm tearing this in half, even though it's already in half. Right. And just puts on his best, like, strained face. Athena would like to look over at Tuka. Who is this jackass? Who is this guy? Tuka moves to stand next to you and folds her arms and just sort of leans against the air as you watch this guy run around doing his thing. Oh, um, yeah, this, uh, this is Bolt Buling. He's a, he's a regulator. Is he? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, he's a regulator. He's, um... He, he, he is, he is, he's a regulator. She nods, but, but doesn't quite believe. He's, um, he sort of became like the poster child, you know, like the figurehead. They oh. put him on all the screen. Yeah. Oh, no. He's, he sort of got like, the toppers really like him. And, uh, you know, Olericorp and Sato Novi. And she says that, but like immediately changes tact. Like change, change uh -huh. it, like shifts it up a little bit, and it's like, um, they're he good for publicity for them, so they made it very well known he got their support. So yeah, people just kind of put up with him, you know. He's mostly harmless. I mean, and she looks back to the shattered shop front glass. Mostly. Mostly, yeah. I mean. I mean, are they gonna get a stipend to fix that up? Uh, Danny. I mean, might. they got it on camera, Danny, didn't might. they? Oh. She, you say that, and Tuka sort of pinches. For her, she didn't have like a nose nose, but she right. she does still rub that wide area I between assume her eyes. Karnak still have sinuses there yeah. to rub. Sure. <laughs> Why she not? Says, I'm. It's all about the appearances, Adina. <laughs> it's. It don't matter. It only matter what they got on the camera. There ain't no cameras in Caldonics normally. Well, I think she squints at Tuka's one eye. You did something with that, didn't you? Oh, um. And you say that, and her pupil ripples again, and does that weird. And you can see now that it's it's mechanized. Hmm. Like her, there's a shutter that kind of spins over it, and then slides up back into her skull. Basically, she said, "Well, that's a little different. That's mm. that's more, you know, me seeing things for me. Oh, okay, I but gotcha. it's more like you know, electronics things like that. Mm. It's not as not as good. I um, got that. So we don't have many around the city, but you know." They bring him more in from the surface, and top is like their video, so kind of how it is. I don't even know how much how much of that is even gonna is even gonna play for the news. And she looks a little dour. She said, "How much they wanted to?" No, but, I mean like static wise, it's not gonna be very good. Don't matter. Mm. You just want to see big old bolt and she holds her hands out like look at this dude as he you and you watch him and he takes one of the halves of the motorcycle and just fucking throws it into another building they that's all they want to see uh. they just want to see the regulars out keeping people safe and they have great shows of heroism and force and 
honestly, it sometimes it helps keep things a little safer because people will see that and they're like, oh, that guy's out there. He's going to get me. But he don't Does know. he, though? Does he I get mean, anybody? He, I hear the thing. He's pretty strong. He I, just ain't I really, did see him pick up a motorcycle. He just ain't really good at what he does. Oh, no. Oh, poor guy. Well, he, I guess play to your strengths. Yeah, and you say that, and um, he's picked up, like, one of the charred thugs who's <laughs> completely lifeless, and the camera's on him again. And Tuka's talking about this, and you look back, and he's just, like, laser-eyeing this guy right in the face. Oh, like, God! Yeah, it's, it's pretty brutal. It's pretty God grotesque. damn! And, uh, they, they carry on for a, not a ton more time, but then they come back, and he says, huh, Well, looks like we've all done a bang-up job here. You yeah, guys, you yeah, guys, man. Have, you guys have got this right. Good! That's what I'd like to hear. And he, uh, <laughs> takes a few steps behind him, and, uh, Come along, Phil. The Karnak hops a few times and waddles past you guys, and he's wearing like um, he's wearing like trousers, and he's got suspenders on with a nice little tie. And he uh, he passes you two, and he looks up at Tuka and he says, hey, "How you doing, Phil Nutta? Called Chronicle. Keep it moving, Phil." Pulls out a business card for each of you, and he forces it into a fold of uh, Tuka's uniform. <laughs> Gross. He's walking away, and she turns and smacks him on the back of the head with her tail a little bit. <laughs> Beat it, Phil. God damn it. He says, oh yeah, one of these days. Tuka's pattern ripples a little bit. In what way? Um, I think there's always a transitional flow to her pattern. So if it's normally like a brown-white when it's resting, it has to go through a few shades to get where it's going. So it quickly turns to, like, a, a bright orange <laughs> and then drifts back to, like, a yellow and then maybe back to more of, like, a mellow white. Could I do a thing real quick? Yeah, please. What do you want to do? I want to cast Empathy on Bolt as he walks away. Okay. I'm curious sure, yeah. about what the internal state of this man would be. Sure. Go ahead and roll it. So curious. Six. Six. It's almost impossible to distinguish his aura because it's like the same golden color oh, as everything else. And you see him, there, I think there's just a moment as he walks past you with like his chest puffed out in front of him and has the same gleaming smile. And there is just such a sense of righteous satisfaction and like, I'm doing good work. He did, this, is a, this is a man of singular purpose who knows that his purpose is being fulfilled. I mean, good for him, I guess. And he, uh... God damn. He, he's walking into the shop front where the hoverboard went and uh, sort of kicks some the rest of the pane of glass out as he goes in, gets his board and comes back out and turns to you guys. And you're standing, like, feet away at this point. Oh, I've not stopped watching. And he turns back to you guys and he says, huh, Good thing they've got insurance, right? <laughs> and he puts the board on the ground and he stomps on it to, like, get it going. Right. And it, flips up and into the air and sputters and then clatters to the ground again. He goes, oh, whoops. <laughs> These things, you know. <laughs> Athena is laughing so hard. <laughs> she's fucking doubled over. Maybe she's she's just wheezing with a hand on Tuka. <laughs> <laughs> Athena really needed this. <laughs> I don't know what about this, but sh whatever it is, she needed this. Excellent. 
as you lose your shit <laughs> uh, laughing against Tuka, she it it makes her feel better. I mean, she she brightens a little bit. And uh, the other regulator who's standing nearby side-eyes <laughs> you a little bit, but then cracks a smile. And the other dude's still just, like, sitting up there watching and just does a shrug. Just yeah. holds his hands out like, I'm. what do you want me to do about it? Bolt does eventually get his board sputtering to life and um, stands on it majestically with his hands on his hips as it floats towards you guys again. Oh god, he's coming back. <laughs> yeah, it just passed you and he says, um, well, thanks for the help. No, no. I appreciate Thank the assist. You. <laughs> it's refreshing to see how the rest of you work on the ground level. It's been <laughs> so long since I've been assigned such tasks. So She's wiping a tear out of her eye. Sorry, it's because I'm bleeding. Uh, who, who are you again? You want a you want a photo or a souvenir something? I usually charge. You know, you're lucky to bask in my light. Ooh, <laughs> 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 it's hard. She, I don't think... Hmm. Athena's at a little bit of a personal crossroads, because this guy is very, very mockable, but she doesn't want to immediately get on the bad side of folks her first day back in town, so... Oh, I'm just a citizen. No worries here. Hmm. Now, get the rest of this, uh, get this cleaned up or I'll make sure that, uh, the Proctor knows you've been slacking on your duties. I don't think she likes that at all. Phil, you got all this, right? Got got my heroism? I think he glides over on his hoverboard. Oh no. And scoops up one or two of the remaining bodies and then comes back and just drops them from the air onto Tuka. Oh no. Here, let me give you a hand with that. I know oh. it's so taxing for you to do it yourselves. What a help, thanks. Tuka shoves the body off of her and says, Yeah, the Proctor's gonna hear about this all right, Bolt. Mm, I'd be careful what you throw around, little girl. You're in enough trouble as it is, aren't you? You and your friend here. And he looks between you two and his eyes glow a little bit brighter. And then he was gone, I hope. Mm. And I think he fixes his gaze on you just a little bit longer and says, Be careful on the streets, citizen. And he uh, stares at you from his board, hands on hips, and says, Hmm, be careful, citizen. The sun is hotter than it looks. And well, when you look this hot. <laughs> oh, God. Does sort of a salute and then goes into a surfer position and zooms off down the road, and uh, Phil jumps on his board and sails after him. Into the night. The other regulator says, Well, I'm, um, I'm glad you found some humor in that. It's not always as... Um, and she <laughs> smiles a little bit, and the seams at the edge of her mouth open just a little bit wider, and she says, It's not as easy to digest. No, I get that. It's just been a very weird day for me, mm. so... This is just... Hey, take them where you can get them, right? Right? That's what I'm thinking. What was your name again? I'm sorry, I didn't get it. Oh, it's it's fine. Um, I'm, uh, I'm Nima. I'm Athena. You already know that because Tuka said, but it's all good. Sure. I mean, I didn't remember, but thanks. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Well, um, and she, she, <laughs> she shakes a watch out mm -hmm. from under her armor and then looks back again, back where... 
bolt and uh, Phil just came from. And uh, there you can now, again, hear the cantering of hooves. And around the corner pulls a, a large cart being pulled by an, just an enormous domba. Nice. And it clatters over to you guys. And there's a, another regulator seated at the front. And they get off and go over to talk to Nima and chatter a little bit. Then they start loading the bodies onto the cart. Is that one guy, is he still alive? I don't know. I'm not a medic. Oh. I mean, he was, <laughs> if he is, he ain't got long. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I ain't trying to be insensitive enough, nothing, but asshole tried to shoot me. Probably did shoot you. I don't know who it was, but. I mean, it's been a while since I've been on the job, but wouldn't it help to have someone to interrogate? To figure out who's trying to, you know... Tuka runs her tongue along her fangs as she's about to answer, and then looks weary. And then there's um, a laugh from off to the side, and it's Nima. You must be new to the city if you don't know the answer to that. Um, I mean, I'm not new to the city. I'm new to Tuka. Well, that's about the same then. And she's like carrying one of these bodies with the other regulator to throw back onto the cart. Tuka glances back and says, I mean, I'll tell you a different time if that's all right. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Um, I just want to make sure you're all right. You kind of went uh, crazy back there for uh, a minute. <laughs> it's also Nima's response again. She say, yep, that's Tuka. Sort of how she got into this spot, isn't it, Tuka? Will you give it a rest? Come on, damn. Oh, shit, I'm sorry I brought anything up. It's... Well, I, I mean, I like just came out of nowhere. Well, yeah. Got you shot and everything, damn. I think she looks down at her leg and... How is it looking? Oh, it's bleeding. Blood. Maybe it's it's harder to see how much blood on account of my dark pants. It hurts. Mm-hmm. It's probably a trickle running down constantly. Yeah. If more than a trickle, maybe. She's not moved much, so there's probably a puddle... There's just a, yep. a, a little, a little puddle. A little puddle. A little, a little puddle of blood. <laughs> yeah, and Tuka says, all right, well, I mean, it, basically, I killed somebody and somebody else done like that. There. Oh. So it's basically it. Uh, yeah. Kill, kill somebody. That'll do it. Kill somebody in a lot of duty. You know, doing my job. And somebody didn't like that. So, story's a bit longer than that, but, you know. Well, we're still going to have a drink sometime. Yeah. Tell me about it then, in a calmer, less blood-filled environment. Yeah, that sounds like a good change of pace. We've got my parents' place. Yeah, all right. So, um, you sure you don't, you ride back? Are you gonna walk the whole way? I don't need to do that. <laughs> what do you mean? It's like you said earlier, I'm the conduit. I think she furrows her brow ridges and tilts her head at you a little bit, quizzically. She pats her on the shoulder real quick and says, thanks for everything. And she'd like to teleport from the bridge onto her balcony. Oh, okay. If and that's something I could do. That's pretty cool. Um, I like that exit. Uh, so teleport. Range is smarts. Teleport allows a character to disappear and instantly reappear up to 12 inches or 24 yards distant or double that with a raise. I don't think you're going to be able to do this with one cast. That's okay. I have enough saved up. It's going to depend on... I think you're probably about a football field away. Okay. Go ahead and roll your essence die and your wild die. Yes. 
I Benny this? Yes, don't forget your Benny. minus one wound penalty. <laughs> I didn't. If you pull this off, I'll give you a Benny. Really? Yeah, it's cool. I like it. Six. Six. Wait, no, it blew up. Ah! Nine. That is a cast with a raise. Yes. So, um, you go quite far. Yeah, I like that thematically. You can see your plants and shit from there. So. Well, they're not my plants. The, the plants on your apartment, mm. whatever. What does this look like? When she teleports, it generally looks the same. And it's something she hasn't utilized on the surface because she did a lot of lightning stuff as a regulator. So it might have been like, a, hey, there's someone doing a lot of lightning up there. We should look into that. S smart. Um, Shockingly smart for Athena. Yeah, right? <laughs> Shockingly. <laughs> light glows out of her and it's like a very almost white but tinged with purple and then she is just gone in a crackle and then reappears as the bolt like the bolt visibly goes through the air okay this you know lightning bolt gotcha. and depending on how many times she needs to cast it it can just like bounce around until sure. it gets to where she needs Super to go cool. and Super then flavorful i like it i think she reappears on the balcony and kind of leans over and waves Atuka back on the bridge. I like that, with yeah. With some, some ambient electric crackles playing over the plants and the railing, perhaps. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. yeah, so I think you lean over and you're waving Atuka, and for, even from here you can see like her, her tendrils and her bristles are standing up a lot more, like got her attention, and she leans over and waves it back to you. I have a new friend. Yeah, I think you do. Yes. So you're on the balcony of your apartment. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of plants here. Yeah, what's up with that? Does it smell nice? Yeah, I think it does. Hmm. So. Well, I think she takes a second to look at the plants. So as you uh, look at the plants, there's it's quite a menagerie. Fruits and vegetables growing in pots, a large mushroom with a pretty enormous cap on top hmm. with a faint purple glow to it. And you turn and you look and you notice that the ambient electricity from your teleportation is still sort of running the edge of the railing and passing through a lot of these plants. And as you watch, you notice in one of the pots there is a plant with a lot of uh, vine tendrils mm -hmm. that are just sort of swaying as if in a breeze, although there isn't any down here. And as the electricity reaches it, the vines all at once sort of snap to attention and point in your direction, and they snake out to grab you. Oh, shit. Make me an agility roll. What'd you get? A two? A two, okay. So I think after just teleporting so far, you've exhausted most of your power points at this, I that think. That would be an accurate assumption. You're shot in the leg, it's been a long day. It's been a the long adrenaline day. is still pumping through your veins. But the shock of seeing this pot of vines elongate and swivel out and try to grapple you, you just can't react fast enough. And these vines start snaking their way along your body. One of them grabs your left ankle, one of them wraps around your thigh right where the blood was, mm. uh, and just starts to squeeze and another lashes around your throat. You feel the pressure start to squeeze and constrict and it's trying to force you down onto your knees. <sighs> You can feel the vine tightening on your throat, constricting your airways as everything starts to go dark.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Neon Heat. Savage Worlds is owned by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group. You can find them and their products online at peginc.com. You can find our website at rpgforyouandme.com, which we update weekly with new episodes, character art, and bios. All music used is created and performed by Crockett. We are so grateful to them for letting us feature their work with permission. You can find them online at crockett.bandcamp.com and on Twitter at Crockett80s. You can find our show on Twitter at RPG4UNMe, and you can find Allie on Twitter at UCTheHat, where she posts art from the show. And as I am absent from all social media, you can find me exclusively on our Patreon Discord server, which you can find at patreon.com slash RPG4UNMe. Any support means the world to us, and it makes it easier for us to make more quality content for you. If you enjoy our show, the best way you can let us know is with a five-star review on the podcast listening platform of your choice. If you like what you heard here, you should check out Sounds Like Crows, which is an actual play podcast set in the Savage World's Deadlands Reloaded setting. It's a story about five brothers on a quest for revenge in the supernatural Wild West, and it encouraged us to get moving on our own production. The cast is outstanding, and the audio and editing quality is cinematic and top-notch. Caleb Sunstead, the marshal and showrunner, is extremely talented and dedicated. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us. And we'll see you next week.